And we're back for another episode of Startup Hustle, a podcast for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs. If you want to start, own, or build a business, then you're in the right place. We bring you the real truth about what it's like to take something from concept to launch, from growth, innovation, experience, failing, or winning big, we've got you covered. So let's get down to business with another episode of Startup Hustle, brought to you by Fullscale.io. And we're back. Thank you for joining us for yet another episode of the Startup Hustle podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Conaway, founder and CEO of Innovate Her KC. And I got to tell you about today's episode sponsor, friends. It, I, I, they have me obsessed. It's crazy. Today's episode of Startup Hustle is sponsored by Equip Bids Auctions, your Midwest online auction marketplace to buy and sell stuff. Equip Bid provides dedicated support to affiliates in Kansas, Missouri, Nebraska, and Iowa. Join the team and sell everything from heavy machinery to home goods, vehicles, boats, restaurant and kitchen equipment, tractors, patio furniture. Go to equip-bid.me backslash startup. That is equip-bid.me backslash startup for details. Or you can just click the link that we have saved down in the show notes. And I got to tell you, you're opening a door when you do that, friends, because they have so much cool stuff up for auction. Uh, all of those things that you, you never knew that you needed, but you really needed. So definitely check out Equip Bids. Now, today... We have with us Jeff Erickson, and Jeff is the head of partnerships at Forecaster. So really, really interesting platform built within the startup and tech space, and he's going to tell us all about it. Uh, also, we're going to be talking about things like rewards and perks for founders. We talk about how founders, you know, often the journey is pretty scut, and it's hard, and, it, you know, you have those white knuckle nights, but sometimes you get cool shit. And we're going to be talking about that. So Jeff, I just want to say thank you so much for taking the time to join us, my friend. Oh, man. Thank you. I'm honored to be on the Startup Hustle. So thanks for having me, Lauren. Absolutely. Well, it is the honor is all ours. And I am going to go ahead and hop right into it. Now, I got to ask you, Jeff, would you tell us about your journey? My journey? Oh, boy. I I don't it's know a loaded question, I know. <laughs> how far back do you go? But um, maybe I'll just start by by saying I, I'm from Salt Lake City, Utah, and went to, to the University of Utah, um, had no idea what I really wanted to study. My dad was an accountant, and so I thought, well, I'll study accounting because it's pretty general, and if you're going to go into business, I'll, everybody says you need to know accounting. So I studied accounting, and... Absolutely hated it. So oh, no. that was, yes, that was when I started my journey. I got through an accounting degree and I'm like, I know this is not what I want to do. Oh, so wait, you did the whole thing. You did. Oh yeah. I went through the whole accounting okay. degree and, and finished and still didn't know what I wanted to do. And so I decided to, to go get an MBA again. It was in business. And um, so I did an MBA at the university of Utah um, enjoyed that much more than, you know, your, the normal classes, but, uh, but got out of that and really had a love for investing. I, I found investing in, um, especially small, small cap stocks and, and things like that was really fun. And, 
And that led me to join an investment company um, where I kind of cut my teeth on uh, implementing some of the finance and, and accounting, I guess, that uh, I had been learning. Um, but it was, it was an interesting start to the journey because, and I, I'm asked a lot of times, what would you do differently? And I probably would have gotten more experience. So I knew what to actually study when I went to school. Okay. But, uh, but yeah, yeah, that's, that's, that's a plug for experiential out. education, right? Internships, shadowing, things like mentorship, yes. things like that. Yeah. I, oh. I mean, I got a taste of that in the MBA program, yeah. um, which was really fun and fulfilling. Um, but a lot of the stuff I was learning in my MBA program, I just didn't have the context for. I mean, I, I was joking with my son just the other day about, it's like when I went through my MBA, I was learning about how to manage people and I had never managed anybody. And, yeah. um, and so I think having that experience is something I've, I've told him, I'm like, get experience and then figure out, you know, how the education is applicable. Yeah. Well, and I think we all know that within within the startup space and that that entrepreneurial mindset. And you don't have to be an entrepreneur to have an entrepreneurial mindset, but you know that problem solving, creative, resourceful uh, kind of paradigm that a lot of entrepreneurs mm -hmm. work within. It's really cool when you can support that with real knowledge. You know that accounting background yes. that you have, that MBA. So you're shoring up a mindset that I'm sure you already possessed but you're doing so with some really deep knowledge in really important exactly. areas. Yeah. yeah, I, have to say, I, I think that the accounting degree would have been much more enjoyable if I would have had some more context. I mean, learning yeah. about debits and credits is not super exciting, but maybe if you have an application for it, yeah. it becomes more exciting. Well, so, so like somebody could, you could say to yourself, Hey, you know, this is a slog right now. I'm not, you know, loving these classes, but this is going to empower me in my future life as a founder right. or someone operating in the, in the startup and entrepreneurial space. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And that was really not a context I had. I didn't know if I wanted to be a founder. Um, I kind of had these visions that maybe someday I'd own my own business, things like that. But, um, but it was really, after I was at this investment company for um, about four years, one of the partners left to go to a small tech startup. And that was my introduction to the startup Ooh. space. Um, I was like employee number 15 at this little startup company, got some stock options and um, just absolutely loved it. Started at the bottom, trying to figure out stuff for me to do and ended up just thriving and um, saw how startup world works. And, uh, and, and that became kind of the, the platform to, to what I ended up doing next. So, yeah. Well, so, so I think it's really interesting because you went from a pretty traditional business environment, accounting, MBA, mm -hmm. the whole deal. And then you worked for an investment firm. And then you ended up within the startup space. So I, I find it really interesting whenever people are on one side of the investment table and then transition to another. So can you talk to us a little bit about that? Like what it was like to go from being an investor to being to working for a company that was probably seeking investment? Yeah, for sure. You know, I think from the investment side, I mean, I was doing all the analytics on the deals and we, you know, we were looking at uh, different um, 
financing opportunities with different companies. And so I got to talk to a lot of founders and that's where it got really exciting, you know, talking to these, these people that are creating businesses and uh, needing financing to, to kind of get to the next level. And so then jumping into, you know, out of that role of analyzing businesses to actually being part of a business that is going through the fundraising process uh, became really exciting. Yeah. And, you know, the other thing that I, I thought was was kind of fun, I was young at the time and uh, tons of energy and, and excitement. But I remember the, the CEO telling us, it's like, okay, um, if we're going to be like the Silicon Valley type companies, everybody's got to work. I mean, they're all working 80 hours a week. And so it's like, you're always on. Yeah. And that wasn't a detractor to me at that time. I was like, this is awesome. I remember emailing back and forth with the CEO at, you know, two o'clock in the morning and I'd send something, he'd send it back. And I'm like, whoa. I remember those days. (laughs) I can't do that anymore though. (laughs) No, I I know I'm past that now, but, um, (laughs) but that was really an exciting time because it was like, okay, we're all in this together. And that's what I loved about the startup you know, world is um, I had equity in this company and if it succeeded, we all succeeded. Right. And it was so energizing and it felt like we were a team and that we all had this common goal of, you know, we're going to do something great together. Absolutely. You know, because w- when you're working in startup environments, often, you know, you're the shit sometimes hits the fan. And sometimes, like I said, you have those white knuckle 3am nights and you bolt out of bed just like, ah, what am I forgetting? And and so the people that you work with and surround yourself with, you know, you're pulling those long hours and you're doing all the things like those people become not just your colleagues, but your compatriots, like really the folks that kind of keep you going. You have that, as you said, you have that sense of unified purpose, right? And it's really galvanizing. Yeah, I I love that feeling so much. And so so that turned you on to the startup community ecosystem, kind of the startup ethos and feel. What was that? What was that like for you? You know, you, you thought when you were going to school for accounting and getting your MBA, you thought that you were going in one direction and here you end up in a completely, completely different direction. Totally. Totally. In fact, I I wound up on the sales side, um, which was really interesting because I mean, um, I I remember I I reached out to some folks. I was so passionate about what we were doing. I reached out to some connections I had and ended up bringing in the biggest deal for the company just through some connections. And I'm like, this is fun. And, um, and so I started doing more and more sales and that's kind of the, the path I went, started going down with this company. I ended up bringing in a huge percentage of the revenue for the company over the, you know, uh, the course of a few years. But um, the thing that was different was that I was so excited about this company. If I would have been, you know, uh, emailing back and forth the CEO at the investment company at three o'clock in the morning, I probably would have seen it as a, as a grind. It's like, Oh man, what do I, you know, I, I'm behind. I have to get this done or something here. It was like, no, I want to do this. And yeah. that's what kept me up at night. And and so it wasn't the grind that, um, that you might have of a, of a normal job, let's say. Sure. Well, that, that is awesome. And that's, I, I honestly think that that, that feeling that, that 
I don't know, sense of purpose, sense of excitement and enthusiasm, that passion, you know, that's what keeps entrepreneurs going. You know, it's really, sometimes it's the only thing you have, you know, this belief that what you're doing is, is, is important and momentous. And, right. and I, I love that feeling. All right. Well, so now I, I really, really want to know, talk to us about, about Forecaster. So yeah, Forecaster um, is a, an early stage startup, very similar to probably that, that company I worked at a long time ago. Cause you drank um, Kool-Aid. Yeah. It's, <laughs> um, and it's, a, it's weird because there was a huge journey in between these two things where, where I had my own company and ran that as a, as a founder for a period of time, my wife actually started it. And so I had the, that experience as a founder and then ended up going to a company most most startups probably are familiar with uh, uh, called Carta, where we did uh, cap table management for early stage startups when I first joined, and and it's definitely broadened out to a lot more today. But it was while I was at Carta that I met the founders of Forecaster, and they were going through the TechStars program, and mm-hmm. this was you know a few years back, and we just kind of stayed in touch, but. Um, you know, with Carta, I had actually been more on the sales side. I was developing partnerships uh, with accelerators and venture capital firms and attorneys in the startup space. And again, I was I was in my element. I loved working with with uh, founders. And so, um, as you know, as time went on, um, the the founders of Forecaster. Um, eventually reached out and said, hey, we're starting to get some traction here. Um, We're building out our partnerships team. Do you know anybody that does what you do at Carta? And we started talking. I'd been at Carta for about four and a half years and was looking for a smaller company at that point. And it just was the right company at the right time. Um, Forecaster does financial modeling software for early stage startups. So yeah. it was kind of in that same space. Um, I knew a lot of the accelerators, a lot of the venture capital firms, a lot of connections that might be good uh, partners. And I was able to leverage some of that and bring that to Forecaster, um, where it, it's been just an amazing journey. I, I One of the things I learned is to look for the founders. Who are the founders of the companies? Um, because it, while I was at Card, I started doing a lot of angel investing as well. I was always betting on the founders. Um, yeah. Well, so that, that begs a really, really fascinating question that I, I have to ask. You know, when yeah. you say you're betting on the founders, what specifically are you betting on? What do you, what are you looking for? You know, I think a lot of it is that passion, that drive and that commitment. Um, the vision, uh, those are the things that are, are going to get a founder past the hurdles that inevitably come up. Um, you know, especially an early stage company, you know, there are going to be challenges that could make or break the company and yeah. it's the founder and their vision and, and motivation, their ability to tackle hard problems and uh, figure out solutions. That's what's going to help them overcome those things and, and make us so other comp- you know, determine whether the company survives or, or dies. Yeah. Well, and those are like that kind of you know, that kind of foundation, you know, that core ethic, the, that's the kind of thing that you can't teach, you know, I mean, you can teach right. a founder 
process. You can teach a founder optimization and, you know, all, all of the things, but what you can't teach is that, that passion, that core that says, nope, can't stop, won't stop, you know? So, so I love that. That's, uh, that's really exciting. Now talk to us about, talk to us about the methodology behind, behind forecaster. So you, you're, you're helping founders forecast nice. revenue and talk about runway and you're like really drilling down into their numbers so that they can get funded because no, no funder is going to look at an, a, a startup that doesn't have a really tight handle and control on their numbers and think that that's a good investment. Right. Exactly. So, so what, talk to us about how you came to the numbers. Yeah. So um, first off, what happens, what we see happen a lot of cases is founders don't know their numbers and, and that can trip them up. Um, and sometimes you can get through, I mean, if you're pitching to friends and family or, you know, even an early, early stage angel, maybe they're going off of your passion, your vision and everything else. Um, but at some point, you know, you have to know your numbers. You have to know that this business actually makes sense on paper. Um, and, and the earlier you can do that, the better decisions you can make. And so what happens quite frequently is a founder will, will, will gear up for raising capital and they'll realize they need a financial model or something that helps them understand the, the metrics and the things that they need to be measuring about their business because that's what investors are going to start to ask about. Investors speak in this language of finance and most founders don't. And so there's this learning process that really has to take place where as a founder, if you haven't been through it before, you realize that it's, it's about the KPIs. I mean, you've got to hit certain numbers. You've got to know, you know, what are your costs in certain things, whether it's your customer acquisition cost or, you know, your, the lifetime value of your customer, those types of things become really important as you start to really turn this idea and this passion into a real business. And so building out a financial model becomes a critical element at some point and hopefully, and hopefully early on, because that's going to make you a better founder. Yeah. Well, a lot of times founders will go to a fractional CFO because I mean, at the early stages, you don't have money or you don't want to give up a huge chunk of the company to bring on a high powered CFO right. that's really experienced in this. So they'll go to a fractional CFO, they'll have them build out a financial model for them They'll get it back. It's in a spreadsheet and it's got 20 tabs in it and the founders don't know how to use it. Right. And they get in there, they play around with it. And all of a sudden they've got circular references happening in Excel and it, and then they break their model and um, it, it's really not that useful. And so what Forecaster has done is we've built a, a financial modeling software that makes it easy for founders to be able to build out their financial model, but more importantly, we're helping them on the front end to build their financial model um, with an analyst that will provide them. So the analyst will go in there and teach them how to build the financial model, teach them what metrics they need to be tracking and walk through that process. It's almost an education for the founder in here's how my business works on paper yeah. or in the software. And that becomes a great tool for these, these early stage founders where they can now feel confident in the decisions that they're, one, presenting to investors, but two, the, the decisions that they're making to run their business. Yeah, I, I, feel, I feel like 
to me, it, it almost seems like the greater benefit actually would be like, hey, you know, this is a, these, these are health metrics. Like, are you doing the right things? Where do you need to change and, you know, adapt your focus? You know, I, I so that kind of data is going to be so invaluable to a founder, particularly an early stage founder who might not know all of the levers and all of the, you know, I's that they have to dot and T's they have to cross. So, so I, I can't imagine how astoundingly helpful that would be. Have you gotten really good feedback from, from users? Yeah, that's what's amazing. And, and again, when I was looking at forecasters, a company, I was looking at the founders and one of the things that stood out was, well, first they are a Techstars company that uh, Steven, one of the founders had been through Techstars twice. And Techstars has this give first mentality built in. Mm-hmm. And so that was, that was a key element. But the other element was this, this maniacal customer focus. And we've now got 500, over 500 companies using Forecaster um, and growing very rapidly. I think we're bringing on about 60 companies a month at this point. Oh, wow. And um, every, Stephen is still with every customer that is churning or leaving. He will he will personally get on the phone with them and talk through you know their experience with them, and so it's that maniacal customer focus um, that really sets Forecaster apart in terms of every customer matters. Um, it, it's been fascinating to see, and I've learned a ton just watching Stephen and and Logan the founders and how they deal with our customers. Yeah. Um, so yeah, happy customers with, I, I can't believe how many um, testimonials we get from customers. And a lot of it comes back to working with the analyst in that first, you know, that first month of service where they're building out the model with the analyst. Yeah, that's, well, that's incredible. And I have to tell you, how much I love the phrase maniacal customer focus. I'm actually like, I'm going to challenge myself and I'm going to challenge listeners, try to use that phrase at some point today, because man, that was awesome. Um, (laughs) Do you want to hop in? Speaking of maniacal customer focus, we have a, an amazing sponsor today for Startup Hustle. Today's episode of Startup Hustle is brought to you by Equip Bid Auctions, an online marketplace dedicated to growing small auction businesses. They are solving problems and they are providing a fun re-commerce or liquidation shopping experience to valued bidders. Go and check out their incredible offerings and sign up at equip-bid.me backslash startup or check out the show notes for the link. We made it nice and easy for you. All right. So, Jeff. My friend, I have a question for you. Are you ready? Okay. I'm we ready. Promised, we, at the top of the episode, we we promised our our listeners that we were going to talk about some perks, and so okay. I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna put you on the spot a little bit. Talk to us about founder perks, Jeff. Okay, I, I will just say if you're a startup founder, um, companies want to serve you, and yeah. they'll make it they'll make it easy to to uh, sign up for their services. Um, because if you look at it, they, they want you to succeed. And if you're using their products, they're hoping that you're the next Google or, you know, Netflix they're looking for those unicorns. Yes. The <laughs> next unicorn. Okay. And, and if you are, they want you using their services. Um, and if you're using them early on, hopefully you're, you don't leave them later on. So you look at, at a company like AWS, um, they are famous for 
helping startups, you know, get free credits and all kinds of things like that. Um, so that you're using their services. And as an early stage startup, you don't really have a lot of capital. And so your every dollar matters. And so it'll give you free credits and you start using these products for free or these services for free. And then as you start to get, you know, raise capital or start to bring in revenue and start to become profitable, hopefully you're still using their services, but now you're in a position to where you're actually able to pay for them and they become more and more valuable to you over time because they're ingrained as part of your business. And, you know, it, I mean, it's just kind of a, a great way that, uh, that startups and service providers can kind of work together. So um, the reason that we're probably talking about this subject is uh, a few years back, um, I was... I was going to say, like, tell us how you're an expert in this. I need Why to are we even talking about this? Startup yeah, first, right? I know, but... I just, I, I knew that I had to ask the question because I got to tell you, Jeff, I want perks. I want to know how to find perks, but but tell us how you, how you got here, my friend. Okay. So a few years back, um, I got together with some other folks that were also, you know, pitching to startups and we started something called the startup stack. And it was a place where, you know, I was at Carta at the time and we could, we were offering startup founders like free service on Carta if you had raised less than a million dollars. And so this was a great perk. And I was shocked at how many founders didn't know that. And they would pay full price for something that they could get for free. And uh, and so you know, I was like, well, where are they? Where, where do they go to find out about these things? And yeah. so we, we put this group together and like Dialpad had a startup offer where you get 10 free seats using their, their software. Zendesk had a had an offer and some folks that I knew at, you know, several other companies, they all had these offers that were specifically for early stage startup founders. And so we put together a website that's called mystartupstack.com. And uh, it's a place where founders can go and find, you know, deals on, on software or services that are specifically for startup founders with big discounts, sometimes free. Um, and so I always tell people, you know, if they're starting out a company, it's like before you pay for HubSpot or, you know, this software um, that you're going to use and, and buy anyways, go to mystartupstack.com and check to see there's probably a discount. I think we've now got, it's coming up on close to $600,000 worth of perks and discounts that are available specifically for early stage founders through mystartupstack.com. Well, so, so I, I think that one of the key takeaways here, and I'm talking to you founders listening at home, you are valuable. <laughs> Never, yes. ever let it be said that you don't have value. And you can see the proof in the thousands of companies and organizations that are trying to attract your business. So just bear that in mind, friends. <laughs> now, I also want to take a moment to honor and acknowledge something about Jeff. In both of your current endeavors, Forecaster and Startup Stack, you are working in service of founders and entrepreneurs. Is that kind of, would you say that that's kind of your core? I, I love helping founders. Yes. I I mean, if, if our, I think in both organizations, if we could say that we are trying to increase the likelihood of success for founders. Um, that would definitely, you know, go core to my mission. Yeah. 
Well, I, I certainly sense that about you. And now I've, I've got to ask, you know, what are you seeing in the future for, for your various endeavors? What are, what are, let's, let's go five years from now, 10 years from now. What are you seeing for Jeff oh, Erickson? Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. Who knows? I mean, five years is a long time, but, um, I mean, I know but, you know how to make God laugh. You make a plan. I get it. But you know, let's dream yeah. for a minute. <laughs> I mean, honestly, um, I love what I'm doing right now. Um, and I, I mentioned that I do a lot of angel investing. I've been pretty active. I, I think I've done like 30 deals in the last you know, two and a half years. Um, and, and so I love, again, it gives me an opportunity to work with founders, get to know them, um, and, and serve on the advisory board in, in some instances. And so again, it goes back to helping founders. I, I would see that I'd continue to do that type of, of stuff here in the, you know, five years out, I'm probably doing the same, same thing, I would guess. Um, hopefully, hopefully with a, a few exits maybe that might help provide a, an additional liquidity that would go into additional founders. But, um, yeah. but yeah, I, I, I don't see me doing a whole lot different. Um, oh man, that is, that's incredible. That, that means you've landed where you need to be. <laughs> yeah. That's really cool. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. I guess yeah. so. Well, that, did, did you just have an epiphany about your life, Jeff, like right here on Startup Hustle? <laughs> there you go. I, I'm where I need to be. I, that is awesome. <laughs> Thank you, Lauren. <laughs> Well, so, so talk to us. I, I, I do want to talk more about perks. So definitely, you know, sign up at startup st stack for sure. But what are some other ways that founders can kind of take advantage of, I don't know, programs, discounts, accelerators, like things that can help mm -hmm. propel them forward in their business. Can you give us some tips for our listeners at home to take home with them? Yeah, for sure. You know, as a, as a startup founder, um, I mean, don't be embarrassed to plead the bootstrapping phase. Um, it's like, look, we don't have any money and we, you know, but we're going to be a, a, a big company someday. We're, we're trying to raise capital. So no, we can't do a $10,000 sponsorship for this event. Um, I mean, I still plead that with, with forecaster and, and I mean, we're raising a, we're getting ready to raise a, a decent round of, of capital. And, but still, I mean, every dollar counts. We're at this phase where, you know, no, I'm, I'm not going to pay $10,000 for a sponsorship. Um, yeah. Can we get in for free? And a lot of times they want you there. And so right. take advantage of that, that bootstrapping stage or even the early stage of, of getting deals of, you know, having people have compassion for you. When I talk to the folks at, you know, later stage companies, they always want to pay for everything um, because we're still an early stage startup. And so let them do that. And then I think the other thing I would say to founders is partner up with those, those um, bigger later stage companies or even the more established companies that have big marketing budgets. And you can associate your brands with them, but they'll pay for, for a lot of the marketing and they'll pay for being on you know, webinars or whatever. Um, so teaming up with some of those, those companies can, can also be a great way to kind of get in. Then when it comes to perks, I mean, not only software, but even services, I would, I mean, when you're talking to startup attorneys, I mean, one of the, one of the things I always tell founders is make sure you have a good startup attorney, um, but startup attorneys are expensive. Yeah. And so as an early stage founder, even there, 
you can, you know, shop around, but also talk to, you know, the startup attorneys and say, how do you work with it where, you know, how do you work with early stage companies where we don't have capital to pay you, you know, seven, $800 an hour. And yeah. a lot of times they'll, they'll openly tell you, well, this, the, here's some ways we could potentially work together. Yeah. So don't be afraid to, to acknowledge that you don't have capital and you're trying to raise and, and be conservative with your capital. Yeah. Well, and I want to kind of underscore a point here, because as you were talking, you know, you, you mentioned startup attorneys. And so here in KC, we have a, a very well-known, very active law firm that actually offers pro bono uh, yes. hours to, to startup founders. Uh, now, specifically, um, they are looking for founders of color, but okay. they that is indicative, uh, there are many programs out there and there are many resources that you can avail yourself of. You know, I know some, some attorneys and some finance folks who do office hours, you know, get yes. leverage those relationships and, and take advantage of those offerings whenever you can. And sometimes that requires a lot of Googling and a lot of asking around and talking to people who've done it before to find these, these opportunities. So, so it's work, but the ROI, the payoff in the end is going to help you grow your business, craft your business, develop It's going to help you exponentially, you know, so, so definitely put some time, put some thought into finding those resources that can help you. And, and really, we've kind of had two different conversations here, Jeff. We've, we've talked. So, so I'm, I'm going to go ahead and take a stab at takeaways for our listeners. So okay. Know your numbers was the first part of the conversation. Know your numbers. Know yes. your numbers. <laughs> and that's, that's where Forecaster can help. But then that second piece, the conversation we're having now is that take advantage of the opportunities and the, the programs and the benefits that are available to you. Right. Right on. Well, so, so I gotta, I gotta ask you, Jeff, um, you know, one of the things that I just find so intriguing about, uh, about you specifically as a founder is how multifaceted your experiences, you kind of, you know, started out a little bit more corporate then you were on the investment side, then you were at a startup. And so I want to ask you, you know, how do, how can founders, Find someone like you. Find find multi-varied, uh, dynamic mentors and supporters and employees. Like where where do the diamond? Well, you're not even a. I was about to say diamond in the rough, and I'm like, wait, you're not a diamond in the rough. You're just a diamond man. So how can <laughs> how can founders find diamonds like you? Oh, you're too kind, Laura. <laughs> Um, I, I will say, so I did a, a webinar earlier today with a, um, a group called One Valley, and I'm a mentor for One Valley, for example. And okay. I also do mentoring for like SKU and um, some of the accelerator groups for venturecapital.org and, and different places. And so go, you know, seek out some of these programs, and, and a lot of them are free, where if you become a member of the community you you can get tapped into the the network, um, and so you know the mentoring opportunities. I there are are people way smarter than me, probably more experienced than me, that are doing mentoring um, in different areas that could really benefit your companies. So seek those out. Um, the other thing I'll mention is, you know, one of the huge benefits of of whether it's a part of a community or an accelerator, or an incubator, or whatever. Um, 
is networking with other founders. And Lauren, you mentioned this of where you find some of this stuff, whether it's, you know, asking other founders, hey, what did you do when you ran into this situation? Or yeah. you know, what software are you using? Or who are you using as a startup attorney? That becomes so valuable. So just that community, get involved with your local community. I'm guessing Kansas City probably has a, a great startup ecosystem or, or some we do we do so so i was gonna say my organization innovator it's a leadership community for for women and individuals of marginalized gender experience but we have a lot of startup folks uh small business owners entrepreneurs and it, and, and it's a really robust community and it, one of the easiest things to do is ask someone who's done it before you know find yes. your your local one million cups chapter find whatever you know those entrepreneurial support organizations, find them, follow them. One of the things that I always tell people, because I, I go to a lot of events, Jeff, like I just do, I'm a community builder and it's kind of, it's part of the job, but people are always like, how do you find these cool events? And it's like, I, I communicate with these organizations, you know, I follow them on social media. I subscribe to the newsletters. I like, you have to accept that. Yeah. You just get more mail now if you want to you know more email if you want to figure out how to connect to your local entrepreneurial ecosystem it takes work and it takes you know kind of being pretty vigilant really just figuring out where the opportunities are where can i connect with people who can help me right <laughs> we're spot on and lauren one of the things that you mentioned was going to events yeah and the more events you go to the more events you hear about because you're going to meet people that are also in part of the community and they're going to know about other things. That's right. And be open to that. I, it, it just, it becomes such a wealth of benefit through the connections you make. Some of those connections you make through, you know, just networking um, can make a huge difference on your business. And yeah. So don't neglect that as a founder. Make sure you, you carve out time to be able to network with other founders. Yeah. Well, and it's it really like it, it might sound or feel like we're having a different conversation from the the perks conversation, but the fact is like it's it's all the flip side of the coin. Like the fact is, you have to invest time and attention into finding opportunities for yourself. And often those opportunities mm -hmm. come in the form of like those discounts and perks, but they also come in the form of people, mentors, people who can champion you and advocate for you. Oh, so, totally. so just, you know, make sure that you're, I get it. You know, as founders, we are all tired. We, all of us, none of us have enough money, not, none of us have enough time or resources and we're all kind of scrabbling. But I promise you that if you invest in yourself and if you invest Invest in that professional development piece, that networking piece, uh, you're gonna see you're gonna see payout for sure. Agreed. So, let me one one final you know one final tactical question, Jeff. Like, is there any other advice or any words of encouragement that you would like to share with our founders out there? You know, I mean, I, I already mentioned the startup attorney. Get a good startup attorney. Don't yeah. use you know a, a <laughs> mediocre startup attorney. Um, but the other thing I would say, and I, I got this probably from my days at Carta, but make sure you're, you understand equity and how it works and keep your cap table up to date. Um, you know, be on top of it, project out what this, what it means if you raise, you know, a, a $5 million round and your safe and convertible notes convert. Know all of that stuff. Um, as you're going into a, a round of financing. Uh, best book that 
I, I would recommend for founders would be like, if you're raising capital is venture deals by Brad Feld. Um, Brad Feld. It's a must, must <laughs> read for every, every, you know, founder that's going to be raising capital. Brad Feld would be one of the co-founders of Techstars. He actually owned a startup house here in the Kansas City Startup Village. So oh, you're kidding. Here in K- yeah, here in KC, we are very familiar with Brad Feld. We love him a lot. Very cool. He also yeah. wears crazy shirts. So, yes, uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, so definitely check that out. But yeah, find those thought leaders. Uh, so Jeff, we, we have come up to the, the human question. Are you ready? I think so. Okay, here it comes. And I'm going to ask you to tell, I I was like, I'm going to ask him to tell on himself because I feel like he could handle this question. I I don't generally, I don't always ask this question. But the question is, what is your guilty pleasure? (laughs) My guilty pleasure? Yeah. Um, You know, I would, I would have to say chocolate almonds from Costco. They come in these things and I have to be really careful because I, I, if I get them, I, I like eat them way too fast. Yeah. And, uh, like people have to physically yeah, take them away from you. <laughs> yes. Yes, exactly. That, that is what immediately came to mind. And I realized <laughs> that I'm out of problems. So yes. Uh, All right. That, that, that is a delicious guilty pleasure. And now I, I'm having a craving for, for chocolate <laughs> so thank you for that. Uh, well, and, and Jeff, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us today. Well, thank you. Yeah. And friends, uh, do you just want to remind you really, really quickly, we owe a huge thanks to our episode sponsor. This episode of Startup Hustle is sponsored by our friends over at EquipBid Auctions. Join, sell, earn. It is that easy with EquipBid Auctions. You can become an affiliate and start or grow your independent business by visiting equip-bid.me backslash startup today. Even easier, head to startuphustle.xyz. You know, that's our URL. Click on our partners page. You can see EquipBid's founder, Andy, has set everything set up for you to go make money. Go build your business within a business. Also want to remind you, friends, that Startup Hustle is powered by you. We love to tell founder stories, but we want to hear what you want to hear. So find us. Go to startuphustle.xyz. We have a pretty active Startup Hustle chat community on Facebook. You can find us on social media, but reach out. Let us know about the topics you want us to cover. Let us know how you feel about the information we're sharing because we do it all for you. We are also very, very grateful that you keep on coming back to us week after week, and we will catch you next time. Startup Hustles brought to you by Fullscale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. Make sure you reach down and hit that subscribe button, then come find us on Instagram. See you next time.